0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au.
1: Don't tell me you're a Christian and you're blatantly breaking the commandments left and right. If you love him, do what he says. And
0: if you don't do what he says, really, how much do you love him? In John 15, Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Pastor Greg Laurie says the meaning couldn't be clearer.
1: You know, Jesus did not say, uh, you are my friends if you do whatsoever you agree with. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: Christian, you don't have to fill out a form and have it witnessed, you don't have to cut your hair a certain way or get a tattoo, and there's no secret handshakes or confidential passwords. So how do we really know that we're a Christian? It's not an insignificant question. Today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to evaluate ourselves to see how our commitment matches the biblical requirements as we continue our study in the book of Philippians.
1: sometimes people ask the question, can a Christian lose their salvation? Let me give you a short answer. Ready? No, I don't think so. But let me ask another question that I think addresses a deeper issue. I don't think the question should be, can a Christian lose their salvation? I think the question should be, did that Christian who's allegedly lost their salvation ever really have salvation to begin with? You see. Because if they did not bring forth what the Bible calls fruits in keeping with repentance, I would suggest to you that they never were a Christian at all. Hey, just because someone carries a Bible doesn't make them a Christian. Just because someone says, praise the Lord, it doesn't make them a Christian. The Bible says, even the demons believe and tremble. There has to be fruit or results in their life as they work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Hey, here's something you might want to write down. Here are five litmus tests to show that you are really saved. Because someone will say something like this. You know, I tried the whole Christianity thing and it didn't work for me. That drives me crazy when I hear it. (laughs) Because my answer is, no, you didn't. Well, how do you know? Because Christianity is not an it, it's a him. And it's God Almighty. And when Christ comes into a person's life, he will work in that life. So if it, in quotes, did not work, that's not about him, that's about you. And here's some questions I would ask the person who allegedly, quote, tried the whole Christianity thing, end quote, and it didn't work. Number one, I would ask them: did you confess Jesus Christ as Lord? Because 1 John four fifteen says, if anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. Did you confess Christ as Lord? Did you ever tell anyone you were a Christian? I'm not saying that all you have to do is confess Christ as Lord because you could do that and not be a Christian. But having said that, I think if you are a Christian, you should confess him. Being a Christian is not something that is hidden but is open. Number two, Do you obey the commands of Jesus Christ or did you obey them? Because 1 John 5, three says, this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. Did you keep his commandments? Don't tell me you're a Christian and you're blatantly breaking the commandments left and right. If you love him, do what he says. And if you don't do what he says, really how much do you love him? You know, Jesus did not say, "Uh, you are my friends if you do whatsoever you agree with. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Some will say, well, what if it's hard? So what? If he commands you to do it, you you do, it. it's whatsoever. You say, well, what if you disagree with the Bible? Change your opinion. You're wrong. (laughs) And the Bible's right. It's as simple as that. Uh, Also, that verse says his commandments are not burdensome. You know, do you find the Christian life miserable and confining? Does it seem to you as though God is out to spoil all your fun? I think you're missing the point a little bit because if you've really met Jesus, and he's come to take residence in your heart and you really have this love relationship with him, I think you will want to do the things that please him and I think you by nature, and I would also add by a new nature given to you by God, you would not want to do the things that would displease him. Number three, if you're a Christian or if you claim to have been a Christian, were you unhappy or miserable when you're sinning? Were you unhappy or miserable when you're sinning? First John 3, 9 says, Everyone that has been born of God does not habitually sin because God's seed remains in him and he's not able habitually to sin because he's been born of God. Listen, a Christian will not be sinless, but a Christian will sin less and less and less. I think what happens is the more you become like Christ, the more you realize you're not like Christ. And the more godly become, you become, the more you realize how ungodly you really always were. So there's always the awareness of sin, but at the same time, there is change in our behavior. There is change in our actions. There is change in the things that we say and do. Uh, That's bringing forth fruits in keeping with repentance. But notice that it says that if you are born of God, you will not habitually sin. It doesn't say you won't sin at all. Because some will say, well, I've reached sinless perfection. No, you haven't. No, I have. Well, you're lying, and that's a sin, and you haven't. (laughs) Because the Bible says that we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So we'll never be sinless this side of heaven. But having said that, if you can sin, habitually, okay, that's the key. In the Greek it says, if you habitually sin, it's not like, oh, I sin, God, I'm sorry, I repent. That's one thing. It's a person that sin and then sins the next day and the next day. In fact, they're living in a pattern of sin. They're living in a lifestyle of sin. This is the choice they make over and over and over. If you live that way, according to scripture, you're not really born of God. So there should be kind of a, a misery there And if you're unhappy in sin, that's good. And if you're happy in sin and you don't feel any conviction or guilt, wow, that's a bad thing actually, you see? I think it comes down to this. It's not that these people are losing their salvation. It's that they never really had salvation to begin with. Look, I know Christians can go astray. I know there can be prodigal sons and daughters. My mother was a prodigal for most of her adult life and came back to faith under the wire shortly before she died. Both of my boys for a time were prodigal sons. They knew what was right. They weren't happy living the way that they were living, but they were living in a way that was not right before the Lord, but thankfully both of them recommitted their life to the Lord. And I think here's what it comes down to. A true believer will always come back to God. Now if someone says they're a Christian and they never come back, then I would suggest to you they were never a Christian. But if they're a Christian and they come back, then that shows they're a child of God or we could call them a prodigal. Now you've all heard the story of the prodigal son, right? How many of you have heard the story of the prodigal pig? <laughs> yeah, that's in the Bible too, the prodigal pig. It's in Second Peter 2. It says it would be better if they had never known the right way to live than to know it and reject the holy commandments that were given to them. They make this proverb come true. A dog returns to its vomit and a washed pig returns to the mud. I know the Bible is true for many reasons, but here's one. I've seen a dog eat its own barf. (laughs) That's what it's saying. But then there's the pig. You know that some people are buying pigs as pets. The newest craze is a teacup pig. Which really is a pot-bellied pig, that's what they call it. And it's just a smaller version. And, and, you know, there are articles out there telling you it's not like having a dog. They cost more and there's a lot of trouble with them. And, you, you know, all these issues with pigs. But, you know, think, I, I want a little pot-bellied pig. I'll carry the little pig around with me and, you know, and I'll get the pig a little outfit and it'll be my little. Yeah, you know, the pig would rather be in the slop. And you know why pigs hang out in slop? because that's how they cool off. So a pig is happy cooling off in the slop, right? That's where they want to go. They want to go back to the pig pen. They want to eat all that garbage on the ground. That's a pig, because a dog is a dog, and a pig is a pig, and a horse is a horse, of course, of course. And if you're laughing, you're old, or you've seen the Mr. Red TV show. Maybe you saw it, it rerun. But anyway, here's my simple point. They're just doing what comes by nature. So coming back to the issue I raised earlier, a prodigal will always return to God, but a pig won't. So are you a pig or a prodigal?
0: Thanks for joining us on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today, Pastor Greg is sharing a message from his Happiness Series and giving us five ways to check up on ourselves and evaluate if our faith and commitment is genuine. Three down, let's continue with the next one.
1: Here's another one, two others. Number four, did you keep yourself from the devil? See, if you're really a Christian, if you've really been born of God, you'll keep yourself from the devil. 1 John 5.18 says, we know whoever is born of God does not sin habitually, and he who has been born of God keeps himself from the devil, and the wicked one does not touch him. What does it mean to keep himself from the devil? Well, The idea is that you stay as close to God as you possibly can. See, I don't keep myself saved, but I can keep myself safe. Let me say that again. I don't keep myself saved. That's God's work. He saves me. But I keep myself safe. Because I know there are certain places, if I go there, that's a bad scene for me. If I go to this party, if I hang out with this person, if I watch this thing on TV, if I go to that website, trouble always follows. Okay, newsflash, don't go to that website, don't go to that party, don't hang out with that person. See, instead of it, find a better place to go, like church for a midweek Bible study. What a great choice you made. Well done. Pat yourself on the back. Go ahead, try It's not that hard. Yeah, that looked really weird. Okay. No, but I'm glad you're here. You made a really good choice here. Replace your ungodly friends with godly friends. Go to websites that will edify you and build you up in your faith. Harvest.org isn't a bad place to go. We have a lot of goodies there and also we have an app for your phone and daily devotionals and all our messages and all kinds of things. But, you know, replace it with something that's better. The Bible says that we should keep ourselves in the love of God. So the idea of that is, is stay as close as I can to the Lord. And another one, do you love other Christians? If you're really a Christian, you will love other Christians. Why, 1 John 5 1 says everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. You know when you really love someone, you'll love their kids too. And in the same way, if we really love God, we'll love His children and we'll want to be with His children. Some people might say, well, you know, I I can't find a church I really like. And plus, Sunday, it's my only day off. Okay, but the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, but uh, exhort one another. And so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Uh, It doesn't say don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together unless Sunday is your only day off. Or don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together unless you want to run in a triathlon. Or don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together unless it's a good beach day. No, it says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. To put it in vernacular, don't miss opportunities to be with other Christians for worship in the church. Hearing the word of God. I know the church has its flaws. That's because we're in it, (laughs) right? But just remember that Jesus started and loves the church, and Jesus died for the church. And 1 John 5 1 says, If you love the Father, you'll love His child as well. So if you really love God, you'll love His kids. Now let me turn it around. If you don't love His kids, by that I mean fellow Christians, How much do you love God? How how can you say you love God who you can't see if you won't love His people who you can see? Start there. And so these are simple litmus tests that show that our faith is real. Here's the key. Look at verse 13, don't miss this. It is God that works in you both to will and do of His good pleasure. So let's look at it again. Philippians 2 starting in verse 12. Paul writes and says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, which means carry it to the goal, fully complete, like you're in a mine. Uh, Fear and trembling with self-distrust. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that works in you, both to will and do of his good pleasure. It's God working in you in me. It's not me trying to imitate Jesus. It's Jesus living in me and Jesus living through me. But let me just say, you know, some of you maybe have joined us and most of you have. (laughs) Physically at least. (laughs) We're talking about being saved and you don't even know what we're saying. I think the phrase saved is a perfect Expression that's very understandable. Uh, we understand it in other settings. Someone's in a burning building. Firefighter rushes in. What do we say? They were saved, right? Or someone's drowning and a lifeguard goes and rescues them. What do we say? They were saved. Because they were on the brink of death and someone saved their life. So when we talk about Christ being alive, what do we say? You're saved. Saved, saved from what? Uh, Hell, that's a big one. It's the biggest one of all. You're saved from hell. Because you've believed in Jesus, you're no longer going to hell. And now you're going to heaven, but saved from what else? Saved from the power of sin. I no longer have to be under its control. I've been set free by Christ, saved from any addiction, saved from any vice, saved from anything or anyone and saved from the power of the devil? Oh man, before I was a Christian, I was like a spiritual dartboard. I had no way to fend off the devil. But because Christ lives in me, we already read there in First John, the wicked one touches me not. That doesn't mean the devil can't tempt me because he can and he will. That doesn't mean the devil will not hassle me because he'll do that as well. But what it means is the devil cannot control me and the devil cannot attach himself to me and certainly the devil cannot live inside of me. It's almost like you have an ID tag hanging off you now that says property of Jesus Christ and the devil can read. And respect respects it but he still wants to make your life hard and if you're listening to him then you'll have trouble but if you keep your distance from him and keep your eyes focused on Jesus, just remember God will never give you any more than you can handle. There's always a way of escape to every temptation. But saved, I love that. In a moment we're gonna pray and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to believe in Jesus. You might ask, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? What it means is you believe he's here, you believe he's real, and you ask him to come into your life because when it's all said and done, being a Christian is Christ living in you. And he will come and set up house in your life. He will come and take residence in your heart and be your Savior and be your Lord and be your friend and much, much more. But he will not force his way into any life. He waits for our invitation. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. And Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and going to that cross and dying for our sin to save us And thank you for rising again from the dead. And now you stand here at the door of our life and you knock and if we'll just hear your voice and open that door, you will come in. I pray for any that are here that don't know you, help them to come to you now, we would pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer about coming to the Lord to find forgiveness of sin. And if you'd like to do that, today's a great day, and Pastor Greg would like to help you right now.
1: You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ stands at the door of our life and He knocks. And if any man will hear His voice and open the door, He will come in. Maybe as you've heard me speak today, well, you've heard another voice speaking to you. It's a voice of God and you realize you need Christ in your life, you need your sin forgiven, you want the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die, well, here's what you need to do. You need to pray. And I would like to lead you in a prayer right now where you will be saying to Jesus, Lord, come into my life. I choose to follow you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn from that sin now, And I put my faith in you. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture that Christ himself has come into your life The Bible says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. If you just prayed that prayer in a minute, you can know today you have eternal life. And may I be the first to say to you, welcome to the family of God.
0: Thanks, Pastor Greg. And we'd love to help you to grow as a believer. Can we send you our new Believers Growth Packet? We'll send it out free of charge if you've prayed with Pastor Greg today. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And our team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie presents the final message in his happiness series. We'll be looking at how we can run the race of life successfully. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called We Can Work It Out. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or visionstore.org.au Station Sponsor